What's up, folks? It is a new week. It is a new Boomer Memes. Thank you so much for joining. This is the first video episode that I am recording myself and doing all the editing for myself since you know Tanner went his separate way. Uh, he he was he had gotten videos started and now um, now it's all up to me. Holy shit, this is crazy. I can't believe I'm doing this. Anyway, thanks so much. Uh, for for joining me. Uh, if you, and again, if you're listening to this on like a Spotify or iTunes or some other podcast app, uh, I do encourage you to come over to the YouTube uh, channel. Boomer Memes Podcast is the name of the channel. You can find it at iansharpcomedy.com. Um, and please subscribe and like all my videos and that will help me in the algorithm. It'll help, help this channel grow. So that, that would mean so much. Also, you can uh, support the show directly at patreon.com slash boomer memes, because even though I want, you know, pretty good YouTube numbers, I'm pretty sure I'm never going to get any YouTube money, uh, just based on the kinds of things I like to talk about. So anyway, that being said, Hey, I got some stuff to announce. I got some shows coming up. Uh, so first off March 29th, this is a Wednesday. It's going to be at Jack Brown's burger bar. Um, that's over. Um, I can't think of the name of the road. Is it Georgia's? Is it technically, or is it, um, the other little one that, um, honest pints on anyway, regardless, I'm bringing back heavy metal bingo. You can see the poster right here. That's the old heavy metal bingo show, but I'm bringing it back for one night only at Jack Brown's. You can win prizes. All you have to do is listen to the heavy metal songs it's playing and mark it on your little card. And when you get a bingo, that's a bingo anyway. Um, and don't worry, um, I will have the names of the bands written out because I know some of those logos can be a little rough. So you don't actually have to know anything about metal to play, but it might be a fun way to learn. Maybe you'll find a new band that you fucking love. That would be great. Uh, speaking of metal, I did find out one of my friends, someone I go way back with is dating the singer of a pretty famous metal band. I didn't know that. So that's pretty cool. Um, I'm going to get to hang out with that guy soon. Well, not really. I'm going to go to a show he's playing and, and be like, I know your girlfriend and I'm sure that'll be weird. I'm sure. He'll, uh, not appreciate it at first. And then he'll realize I'm harmless and I think it'll be fine. Um, I found out uh, this guy also does comedy other than metal, so I think we'll be I think we'll be fast bros. I hope so. I hope it's not a weird parasocial thing. It's probably going to be a weird parasocial thing, but let's see. It'll be fun to see, you know. Anyway, um, also I've locked in the date. I've been talking a lot of shit about doing my own show, and I've now locked in the date. I'll go ahead and tell you right now. I have no other details. I'm, I'm working on those. I gave myself plenty of time. Saturday, May sixth. May 6th at the dark roast guys. Uh, I'm going to try and get everything together and announced in early April, but go ahead and mark your calendar for the date. Set that time aside so that you can come to this fucking awesome show. I'm talking to some great people just waiting on some confirmations. It's going to be a good time. Uh, we're going to have pre pre-sale tickets available. It's going to be very limited seating. The dark roast is a very small room. I do think for the type of show that I want to do a place called the dark roast. I mean, that's perfect, right? <laughs> you know? So I'm just like, Oh man. And I kind of, I, I told them, I gave them, I told them what I wanted to do and they, they seemed on board. So I think it's, it's going to be a good time. Uh, I, you know, more details to come for sure, but go ahead and put uh, May 6th down on your calendar. And Hey, this is an incentive. If you're a comic in town who listens to this show, I don't have it fully booked yet. I'm still working on that. So, you know, the fact that you listen to my show and you come and ask me about it might earn you some points, might get you a spot. I don't know yet. I am going to be going to a lot of the, uh, a lot more of the local open mics than I have been, um, and paying closer attention to try and scout and find the perfect lineup. Cause I do, I'm going to bring a couple out of towners in, but I really want to focus on locals and showcasing locals and giving, um, you know, some people who don't really get a lot of chances to shine, give them a really good opportunity. That's sort of my goal with this, but you know, also you got to not suck. And like, I, you know, and I don't mean any disrespect. I'm just saying, uh, if I'm going to put my name on a show, I want it to kick ass. So, uh, but look, but you know, May, May 6th, that's a Saturday, um, in on Fraser Avenue, it's going to be dope. I, uh, I want you guys to come check that out. All right, let's get on with the show. Um, this is exciting. It's going to be weird having to edit 
uh, around this with video. I don't know what's going to happen yet. I, I, we'll figure it out. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we got a lot to talk about today. Um, first off, and I guess the big top story of what's going on in the world, um, you know, the most important thing I think is that, uh, Chris Rock had his live special this weekend. I, uh, hung out. I invited a bunch of people over and nobody came. So I just watched it by myself and I thought it was mostly good. I thought it was pretty, pretty good more than not. Um, it's weird how, um, and you see it with these sort of aging male comedians now that like have this sort of really a chip on their shoulder. They got an ax to grind. I, I think it's something to do with like men of that age in general. They always want to talk about how the world ain't good anymore, how it used to be better. And now it's not, I'm sure I'm heading that direction, but I'm not quite there yet. So it just kind of felt a little off to me. It felt a little like uh, he was whining. I don't know. I don't want to say that he was whining, but it felt like a little bit of like a little preachy, I guess sometimes, which I guess Chris rocks always kind of had that to a degree where he's been a little preachy in the way, like he'll say things that aren't really jokes. He'll say things that are more just statements that he knows people will agree with and clap to. And I think, you know, we talked about that uh, being clapter. And I think that like, he's definitely God damn, man, it's Monday night and people are out on the interstate just going fucking ham tonight. You know, it's weird. Usually it's pretty quiet. Usually I can get an episode done, but anyway, back to Chris rock. Uh, no, I mean, I did think it was good. It sounds like I'm shitting on it. I did like it more than I didn't. Um, it's just a few things felt a little weird to me. It feels like, I don't know. It feels like you can only get so old and so rich before you start to lose touch. And, uh, I don't know. There's certain things that, you know, you talk about you as a comic, you talk about things and you try to be relatable, but there's some things he just completely lost me on. Like talking about how dating 25 year olds is, is cheaper because all you have to do is buy a handbag. I mean, that's definitely the perspective of a rich guy because, you know, like ladies, ladies, I've been on a good number of dates in my life, a respectable number of dates, not like an insane. I'm no player, but I'm, I'm, I'm no, I'm no schlub either. All right. Um, I didn't know I was supposed to be buying y'all handbags. No shoes. It wasn't handbags. It was shoes. I didn't know I was supposed to be buying you guys shoes. Holy shit. I don't know. I don't. I've never bought shoes for a girl before. Maybe that's where I'm fucking up. I don't know. Maybe I date women who don't care about these things, or at least they don't want to tell me that they care about these things. And so I've never known it was something I was supposed to do, but I think that's more of a rich guy thing. Maybe I'm wrong, but it just seems like, I don't know. It seems like I I, I like to, I mean, I'll buy drinks and like a, uh, you know, I'll buy, you know, dinner. I'll buy a movie ticket, concert ticket, you know, something like that. Never bought shoes. I don't know. It just seems seems a little materialistic. It seems like maybe if I have to buy you shoes to go on a date with me, it, it almost feels like the shoes are the reason you're going on the date. I mean, to be fair, I'm sure sometimes some of the dates I've been on, the dinner was the reason she agreed to go on the date with me. I have no delusions about that, but you know, I don't mind. It's company. I'm getting company. I mean, I guess maybe shoes are a small price to pay. I don't know. I, I, I've never done it before. Ladies, if that's a thing and you, and you, and I'm, I'm fucking up by not buying shoes, let me know, drop a, drop a comment or send me an email. Let me know. Say, Hey, Ian, this is, I'm a listener. I'm a lady. I appreciate a lot of things you have to say. You're very insightful, but you're wrong about the shoes. You're wrong about the shoes. You got to buy more shoes. And I don't know. It just doesn't, it never, it, that doesn't register with me. It seems like younger women are more expensive than older women in my experience because younger women love to go out. And so like, you know, I mentioned buying drinks, but that's like a once a week, you know, thing maybe where it's like if a younger lady, like a 25 year old, I feel like she's going to want to go out four or five times a week. And that's a lot of drinks. So that I'm having to buy for her and myself because God damn, if I'm going to be out five nights a week and not drinking to cope with that. So, you know, I don't know. It just, it seems like, and then older women are more uh, cool with hanging out and watching, you know, TV and watching movies and talking, having conversations, quiet conversations, eating dinner and, and you know, at home and, and, and cooking. And I mean, like I'll cook for them is what I'm saying. Like, and that seems like a, an acceptable date to like older, more mature women, you know, 
So I don't know. It, it seems I've also never had like a lady ask me to pay to get her roof fixed. So I'm, I'm kind of spoiling some of the jokes. I, you know, I'm trying not to do that too much, but, uh, if you haven't seen it yet, I do recommend you go watch it. So you, cause I'm going to be talking about it for quite a bit. Uh, and you're going to, you know, I'm going to be picking it apart a little bit. So I don't want to ruin any more of the special for you. So maybe pause this, go watch that and come back. Um, but yeah, no, I, I don't know. There's some stuff I liked about it, uh, for sure. Like, uh, he had a, he did a bit about Lululemon, um, that I thought was good. Uh, the, especially the, the crack about how, like, you know, I think instead of paying for a hundred dollar pair of, of, you know, I don't remember what he called them, uh, yoga pants with, uh, you know, no percent racism, maybe $20 yoga pants with, some racism. I thought that was pretty funny because it goes, that goes along with the stuff I've been saying. It's like, most people get it. Most people are fine. It's not that we've defeated racism in this country. It's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying that like, not everyone is as uptight as we think everyone is. Like every people are pretty chill. People are pretty cool and understanding. Usually if you talk to them, you know? Um, so, and, and like, you know, specifically the stuff that he talks about concerning like black issues. I'm not really, I don't know that I'm qualified to speak on that, so I'm not going to really comment, but you know, I, I do think that like, uh, the stuff you talked about, like the men versus women stuff was pretty good. He, um, he had a bit that was really good where he said like, he's like, you know, Beyonce is so hot that she could get Jay-Z if she worked at Burger King, but could Jay-Z get Beyonce if he worked at Burger King? And I was like, that's, and he was making a greater point about the power dynamics of men and women. And I think that that's, you know, I think that's actually something that we should be talking about more. So I like the fact that he brought that up because I don't think that like, look, I, I recognize, you know, as I get older that I, that I am a pretty privileged person in a lot of ways. Um, I do recognize that white privilege exists. I do recognize that male privilege exists and there's probably straight privilege too, even though I think it probably works quite a bit differently. Um, but I, I with male privilege, I do think that it's not as simple as other privileges. Like, I don't think that like it's as cut and dry. I think there are areas for sure where men have privilege just by virtue of being men. But I think that there are other instances where women have privilege and, and I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to like take, keep score. I'm not trying to say that like men have it better over all than women do. I'm just saying that I think that there's, times for both. Like, you know, I don't know. I had a friend, uh, back in high school and he taught me a lot. He's the guy who got me into Alex Jones. He got me into a guy named Kent Hovind who taught me that the earth is 6,000 years old through science, real legitimate science. And, um, this guy later, uh, he went into the Marines and then he came out and then he told me about Alex Jones. And, um, and, but we, we, I knew, we knew about Kent Hovind back in high school and stuff, but, um, he, uh, he moved away for a while and then he came back. And when he came back, he apparently uh, was telling me that he owns Volkswagen and that uh, he writes all of Taylor Swift songs. Um, so he's a reliable source is what I'm saying. Uh, but he told me, I want to say back in high school that right before the fall of ancient Rome, that, that they had started to, become a more progressive society. They were giving women more power. And there was, that's when really most of like the homosexuality, well, I guess we really associate that with Greeks, like the pederasty and homosexuality. Like that was more of a Greek thing, but I'm sure it happened with the Romans too. I mean, I'm sure it happened with every culture, but uh, you know, I think that it became more widespread, more accepted, less, less taboo uh, right before the fall of Rome. And then he, you know, tried to say that, you know, point A leads to point B on that one. And, you know, we look at the state of our country today and we look at how we are becoming more tolerant, more accepting, more woke, so to say. Um, but we all agree that this this infrastructure is crumbling. This this thing is falling apart. It's probably not going to last a whole lot longer in the state that it's in. So it makes me wonder if maybe, maybe my friend was a fucking dumb kid who didn't couldn't just see what was happening because what it seems to me is it's like there's a car right and the man is driving the car and he's not changing the oil he's driving over potholes he's you know 
getting nicks and scrapes and rear-ending people and just not taking care of this car at all. And the woman sitting beside him the whole time is like, please let me drive. Please let me drive. You're fucking it up. Please let me drive. And the guy's like, no, you don't know how to drive. You're just a stupid woman. And he's driving the car. And then eventually the check engine light comes on, right? And the man says, you know what? Fuck it. You drive. The woman drives and the car goes down the road a few miles and then the car breaks down. And then the man's like, what the fuck did you do? I think that is probably what happened with ancient Rome. And I think it's what's happening now, because even though we are becoming a more progressive society, little by little, I don't think, I think our problems go back way further than that. I think the cause of the shit that we're seeing today goes back way further. So that makes more sense to me anyway. I don't know. Just a thought, just a, a wild thought, but yeah, Chris Rock's special. I, I I recommend it. It's weird seeing like, he's not the only comic I've noticed this. And also like, I will say this, he, it, he performed it expertly, like his delivery, his cadence, his energy on stage was, he's, I mean, it's, it's almost like a rock star, but I feel like he has this self-importance that a lot of, I've seen a lot of like the more successful comics seem to have where it's they they're kind of taking on this rock star gravitas where it it makes you feel less relatable it's like i don't relate to the millionaire like you can be a millionaire i'm not saying that like i expect that uh you know a very successful comedian is going to be pretty wealthy but like when you're flaunting your wealth and and talking about and like i say all this i do listen to your mom's house where tom has been on a pretty big like higher than you know holier than thou kick lately about how well off he is I feel like that's a bit that he's just running with because he knows it It makes people upset. Whereas I feel like with a lot of other people, it's just genuine. Like, I I mean, I'm just saying, like, I've heard people say that Chris Rock is probably the greatest living comedian alive today. And you know what? I don't, I'm not here to say that that's wrong. I don't think that that's an incorrect statement. Um, I've also heard the same people at different times say the same thing about Dave Chappelle, which means... To me, what it says to me is that people are pretty dumb and don't understand comedy and don't can't remember more than a few months at a time. And so whenever a new special comes out, they remember, oh, that comedian. Yeah, that guy's the best. And then uh, another special comes out and, oh, that comedian. Yeah, no, he's probably the best. And it's like, there can only be, will be one best, you know, but I, I'm not here to say who that is or who I think that is anymore because I mean, rest in peace, Norm MacDonald. But I think that, you know, I, I do think that they're both like top tier for sure. I think that you know, a lot of these guys are top tier. A lot of these people are top tier. Um, but it just, it's weird to me how like, you know, in doing comedy, I've, I've learned that humility is super important. And now I'm starting to see, I guess, a wave of like, I don't know, cocky com- comedies or cocky comics, cocky comics. And I'm starting to see it and it just, it doesn't feel, it feels like I'm like, this isn't for me. You know, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I like the special, but there was parts that I definitely felt were weird. I guess I should address the, the big elephant in the room on that one. Uh, well, okay. There's man, there's so much I want to talk about with this special. Uh, let's go into this first thing first. He has a bit about abortion. Um, I remember doing that exact, it wasn't exact, but it was all the same points he was making in almost the same order um, about abortion. I remember doing that at McHale's like five years ago. Um, I'm not saying Chris Rock stole my joke. It's just weird because it's like I've moved on from that. And Chris Rock has always been, you know, he's been better at comedy since, you know, probably before I was even born, really, if you want to think about it that way. Um, and yeah, he, I, <laughs> I, I would have thought that he would have been a little past that. And so I have to say that I'm like against abortion jokes. I mean, clearly if you know anything about me, you know that that's not true. Um, I'm very for all kinds of horrible, horrible jokes. May 6th at the dark roast, everybody May 6th at the dark roast. Uh, you'll see what I'm talking about, but it's just weird how I guess it feels like because I've moved past that sort of like line of thinking, a lot of the jokes felt very simple where it's like he used to have sort of more thought out things to say. And now it's just sort of the, 
boomer knee-jerk reaction kind of comments. I mean, he wasn't like saying stupid Republican shit, mostly not stupid Republican shit, but I don't know. I feel like you can only get so rich without starting to think about things in those kind of ways. I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm biased, but it just felt like, I don't know. I expected more and maybe that's my own fault, but I expected more. I, like I said, I think there was a lot of really good. I think there was a lot of really good. I think the ending, the ending was really good. That of course is where he addresses the slap. Uh, long time listeners of the show know that I did an episode on the slap. Uh, you know, one of my first episodes, I don't remember which one, but uh, you can go back and find it on the, the brew chat webpage. Cause I don't think I put it on YouTube yet, but, um, and those, that was my knee jerk reaction to all of it. And I, I mostly feel the same, I guess that, uh, you know, Will Smith was definitely the shithead. Uh, I think Chris rocks, uh, take on it was pretty, uh, it was funny. I mean, he, he, like, yeah, he performed it perfectly. I mean, he, he didn't mess up at one point, whatever it happens. I'm not, I'm not going to, it's live, you know, I'm sure that's, if it was a special, he would have done the same set twice and they would have cut that out, but it was live. So, you know, it is what it is. I'm not, I'm not here to shit on that. Um, but he, uh, yeah, he went in, but he, all the things he said though, were things that everybody else has been saying. And that's, that was kind of my concern. He said them in a very, very funny way. Um, it was very funny, <laughs> like, but he didn't, I, I, I expected some new perspective and it really didn't feel like it was a lot of new perspective. I mean, it was cool to hear it from him. He's really the only perspective that matters since he's the one who got hit. And I don't want to really like, again, spoil it. If, if you have are still listening and haven't listened, maybe you don't care, but whatever. Um, I just think that, uh, you know, it, again, I kind of expected more, maybe it's my own fault, but I did. Um, overall, I mean, I'd say I give it like a B plus. It was a B plus special. Not my favorite, not as bad as some of the others I've seen lately from like other legends, but it wasn't my, uh, it wasn't something that I'm like, oh my God, you got to fucking see this. You know, it was like, ah, it's it's cool. You should watch it. Um, if you don't, I'm not going to, I'm not going to ask you like over and over. Have you watched it yet? Have you watched it yet? Whereas like, if it's, if it's really good, I'm going to stay on your ass about it. But, um, I guess really like I, I, I was curious to see what the internet has to say about it. And I didn't check Twitter cause that's stupid. Um, but I did YouTube it and like this morning and tried to see what, uh, you know, or I guess yesterday morning, um, what, whatever I tried to see what the hot takes were. And the news was mostly just talking about the, the, the last part, the, uh, response to Will Smith, because that's the juicy bit. Um, and man, what a reminder that people don't fucking understand what comedy is or how it works. Holy shit. The takes I was hearing. The main thing I heard multiple people say is, man, he's been sitting on this for a whole year. He's been silent for a whole year, you know, cause it's like now, I mean, next weekend is the Oscars, I think. So it's like, or maybe next month. I don't know exactly if the Oscars are soon. And, <laughs> and, uh, so it's like almost a year from, from when it happened. And, uh, you know, the take is that I kept hearing is, yeah, man, why, why has he been silent up until now? You know, and this is, this, he wanted to give it what, you know, weight or impact. Well, I think the special was definitely timed intentionally, but like you guys know it made the news. He went and did a show like the next week and talked about it on state. Like he's been performing <laughs> and, and talking about it. Other comics have said they've seen the act because comedy isn't just him going up and just making points off the top of his head, all this stuff is stuff he has worked out over the past year and has, you know, worked on and and drilled down. And, uh, he's definitely told that bit multiple times. (laughs) So like if you've seen him live at all in within a year, you've heard some form of that bit, maybe not in the form it ended up on as on the special, but, uh, yeah, holy shit guys. Like what the fuck? (laughs) It's just, it, it's so amazing to me how like much of a, a, a magical mystery it is to like people who just think it's just people being funny. No, it's hard work. It's very hard. You have, it takes a lot of your, your spare time away from the stage to like, you'd be like, how do you think of the, like people ask all the time, how do you think of jokes? And I'm like, you fucking just do it. You sit down and you try and you write, <laughs> you write out stuff that you think might be funny. You read it back to yourself and you go, is that funny? You read it back to yourself in a bunch of different ways and you put inflections in different places and pauses in different places. 
and you see like, okay, what is, is that funny? And then you rewrite it to make it funnier. And then ultimately when you think that you've got something good, you go try it on stage and then you find out that it's only kind of good and it could be better still. So then you keep polishing it. And that takes taking it on stage to know because you could write something down and think that's funny as shit and then go say it and no one fucking laughs. You know, it goes back to what I was saying about the abortion bit that he, that he was doing. He, uh, you know, he's he performed every joke expertly. He had so much energy. And so I think he could he could get away with making a lot of non-joke kind of statements or saying things that I think are a little um, amateurish. Uh, but because his delivery is so professional, it comes off as professional. And like, that's what that's one thing I always try to tell new comics is like, look, don't hyper fixate on your what you're saying and instead put a lot of attention into how you're saying it because a mildly funny comment said in a very funny way can be a very funny joke. Um, you know, it's, it's just true. I don't know what else to tell you. Um, so yeah, it's, it, I, I don't know, man. I, I love when people who don't fucking get comedy, try to comment on it. Like, and look, everyone's allowed to have an opinion, whether it was funny, whether they liked it, you know, but it's like, it'd be like, okay, like someone, you know, displayed a painting right and you know i i don't paint paintings i paint miniatures it's a very different thing and i could look at the painting and i could say i like that painting and that would be true and i could say or i could say i don't like that painting and that would be true but if i start saying like man how did he just do this how did he just take the paint and just make this what, what did he just do this just now you know people be like what the fuck no it took him a long time to sit and paint all those little details. You know, you ever watch fucking Bob Ross before it's, it's a whole episode. It's not something that they just sit and do. I don't know. I mean, maybe some people do, maybe some people like fucking, it takes them five minutes to crank something out. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, it's not my world. Anyway, uh, that's my thoughts on the Chris rock special. Um, cheers to Chris rock. Yeah. Uh, I'll probably never get to meet you. Uh, but I think you're a rad dude. I'm um, sorry. I didn't like everything about it, but you know, I'm, I'm just one guy. I mostly liked it. I re I canceled my Netflix and then bought Netflix again just to watch it. And I'm probably going to cancel it again. So, and I'm I'm going on record. So Netflix, give Chris Rock my 15 bucks. I guess that's that's all I got to say about that. Cheers. All right. Oh man, I don't know, man. It's it's hard to talk about Chris Rock because like I said he is very charged and like especially with race issues which are things that I can't really comment on um and you know he he really kind of defended uh woke ideology a bit which I think was cool cuz you know it's pretty in vogue to to be like don't fucking cancel me you know I mean he kind of talked a little bit about that stuff but uh he was mostly on the side of like progress which I thought was 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 nice and refreshing to see like an an old rich comic you know say these things but um, yeah, you know, I, uh, uh, I, I've been thinking a lot lately about like aging comics and, and, uh, aging people in general and what the, I know it's this, this trend that I've noticed where it's just like, you know, you just gotta be angry. You just gotta be upset. The world used to be better. And like, I don't know, like I'm, I know I'm getting older, but I feel like, you know, at, at 40, being an older millennial, I'm, I'm more probably sensitive, I guess, and more aware of more different types of people because I'm a child of the internet. You know, I, even though like I, I'm old enough to remember a time without the internet, I'm of that generation, but I, uh, I definitely got it at a very young age and started meeting all kinds of people, learning all kinds of things that I never would have been exposed to. So I think that definitely creates a lot more empathy. So I think that this generation and part of, I think, the disconnect that you see with these aging comedians, and not just old men, but, like, Roseanne had a new special, and the commercial looked terrible. It's on, like, the Fox streaming service, so I'm not going to... I might try to download it. I don't know. I don't really care enough to, because it didn't look great. She is going to be on Kill Tony tonight, and I've heard that it, uh, she's good, like, off the cuff, so that'll be fun. Um, but, yeah. Whew. That Super Bowl commercial they kept showing. I don't know. I don't know about that. Not my, not my stuff. Not for me. I'm not going to say it sucks. It's just not for me. Uh, but I think it's that the disconnect is, is they are of the age where even though they have internet access, they never 
really had the the curiosity like young people did to really dig in and find out about all kinds of people and, and be open to that. Whereas I think like, so they're, they're still used to the concept of normal, I think is what I'm saying. And so like when you see these aging out of touch comedians, it's they're from an era where there was a normal because that's, they, you know, most people agreed, Hey, we all watch TV. We all see what normal is, but now the internet's all kinds of fucking shit. So there's no such thing as normal anymore. Um, you know, so I, you know, I don't know. Like, I, I just think that, uh, you know, listen, this is going to be unpopular. This is going to be edgy. It's going to be a thing that may get me in trouble. Um, because I think that like the thing that all these people have in common is they want things to be normal and they know who the problem is, you know, you know what I'm talking about? They know who the problem is. You guys all know who listen. Who are, if you're listening to this, you know who the problem is, right? who the, the real problem is. I don't think I have to say it out loud, but I'm going to. It's the dividers, right? The people who want to divide us. They are the problem. And we, we, us, the uniters, need to unite against the dividers. And we need to make a clear line in the sand, all right? We need to say, look, the uniters are over here. You dividers, you're over there. I don't want to see one of you fucking people near us. We are trying to keep a, a system of unity going, all right? We're not trying to fucking split everybody apart, all right? And, and if that's how you feel, you need to go the fuck over there. I don't want to see you. I don't want to talk to you. I think we should call you out, and I think we should make make you feel othered, and I think we should send you on your fucking way. And that's that's harsh, that's why I'm a uniter. And I think as we all, I know if you're listening to the show, you're a uniter too. So as uniters, we need to band together um, under me and we need to beat them. And who are them? I don't know. There's a lot of words for them. You know, the dividers, the fascists, maybe, maybe fascist is a good word. We need to take all the fascists um, who would, you know, try to exploit people and try to divide people and, and conquer, you know, I think what we need to do is round them all up, put them into camps and, and don't worry, I'll organize it. Just, I need you all to, to come under me to do this. Um, and we'll make sure that they can never divide again. And I know that's harsh and I know I'm making some strong implications, but listen, I think that's what makes what I'm saying brave is that I'm willing to say these things. All right. That uh, these dividers, these fascist dividers are a plague. And there's no, you know, it's not, I know it's easy to, to fall into the trap of thinking, well, maybe they're misguided people. Maybe they could come back. No, listen, they are a type of person and they are your enemy. And I want you to understand that they are your enemy. And what, so how do you know one when you see one? Well, you can tell, you can tell, you know, you just. Here's how you tell if you think someone might be a fascist, you call them one and see how they act. And what they're going to tell you is you don't even know what the word fascist means, which means they do, which means they are one. So that's my, my point that I'm trying to make guys is that we need to unite against them. All right. It's the only way we'll ever truly be a free and prosperous society. And, and I know that's, I know that sounds harsh, but listen, sometimes we have to say and do extreme things. If we really, you know, it's the old saying, you can't make an omelet without breaking a few eggs. And what I mean by eggs are skulls. And that's, I may have said too much. That may be a bit much, especially now that we're doing the video YouTube thing. My face is on this now, um, but I feel, I don't know. I feel like maybe it, it needs to be said. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, unity, that's the name of the game here. That's probably what I'm going to name the episode is unity. So, um, thank you. Thank you for listening. I know the show's not over yet, but I'm just, uh, <laughs> winding down from that. I got a little heated there, guys. I got a little heated and I'm trying to pivot into something else. Um, I mean, I could go into more anime bullshit. You guys want to talk about that? Of course you do. That's why you're here. Um, so the, 
Attack on Titan just released a new ep- episodes. It was weird. It's uh, so Attack on Titan is on its final season now. Um, back in two thousand one, they did uh, the final season, season four. But then it ended rather abruptly, and then we found out there's going to be a final season part two. So final season was just final season part one. Now they're doing final season part two. That also ended rather abruptly. Turns out there's a final season part three. And they started that this weekend. And I watched it and it was quite good. It was very good. If you're a fan of Attack on Titan, it is a must watch. Um, If you're not a fan of Attack on Titan... I don't know what to tell you. You need to catch up. That shit rocks. All right. I know uh, anime is for nerds. It's dorky. It's for incels and virgins. But listen. All right. Maybe if you watched a little more anime, you wouldn't be so worried about these girls, huh? I don't know what I'm saying, but I'm saying it's good. Watch it. Um, The thing you should go into this knowing, though, is this is Attack on Titan, the final season. Part three, part one. I'm not joking. It is two episodes smushed all together (laughs) into one hour long episode, but it's very clearly split into two parts. Think like uh, the Snyder cut of Justice League, the way it was split into parts. It's very clearly like that. They're both 30 minutes. It's two episodes. Um, and part two is going to be two more episodes and then it's done. So really they made a finale movie and they decided to split it up. But the, th- the thing is, and the funny thing is, is, uh, we got these two episodes, the uh, attack on Titan, the final season, part B, part one. Well, attack on Titan, attack on Titan, the final season, part B, part two premieres this fall. So we got to wait for it. Now that's a good thing. I would rather them take their time and not rush it because the animation was gorgeous. But I and I'm hoping that the ending will be, you know, show stopping. I'm, I'm hoping it'll it'll be a, a sight to behold. Um, but <laughs> it's just the dangle of, of the oh, you want the end, don't you? You want the end, don't you? Here's a little taste. Here's another little taste. Here's another. And they they didn't say that this is the way it was going to go when the final season started they just said hey guys the final season is starting then (laughs) they said the final season it's back (laughs) now the final season is back again but wait we got one more final season for you it's like a fucking uh it's like a ramones tour or like a kiss tour like one of those bands that just would always do like farewell tour and then two years later we're back everybody but it's been good. I think you should check it out. Attack on Titan fucking rules. It's um for if I guess if you've never heard of it, it's a show about this sort of old-timey kind of settlement, right? It it looks very old like Tudor style houses. Uh everyone's dressed like it's maybe the the early or late 1800s, maybe mid, I don't know, something around the steam age or something like that, uh, industrial revolution-ish, like maybe just before. Um, there are some technological things that they use, but they're all very kind of primitive. A lot of steam, a lot of compressed air. Um, but it's this w- kingdom that's kind of walled off, and they're the only people left, and these giant humanoid titans will attack outside of the walls and eat people. Well, one day a, a huge one comes and kicks a big hole in the wall and then they flood in and start wreaking havoc. Um, that creates a big uh, disaster. And uh, the story, you know, goes from there. Uh, the thing about it is, is that's the, that's the plot of season one. Um, every season of that show, the plot dramatically shifts to being about something else and having a different tone like season two is very political intrigue, still the same story, very political intrigue. Season three is like sort of the turning point. I don't know. It's so hard to explain, but I recommend it. I think it's a great thing. And then it's, it's wrapping up. I think now that we've got this attack on Titan, the final season, part three, part one out, 
We know that the next one is actually the last one. It's going to be an hour-long episode just like this was, two-parter. I think uh, hopefully they'll have them both together and not spread apart. Hey, guys, next one's coming later. I think this will be it. They are wrapping it up in the fall. Um, Go ahead and catch up. You've got till fall, so spend your summer doing that and and just burn through it. It's it's not that big of a show. Um, The first season's like 24 episodes, and the second drops it down to 12, so it's very... You know, and then I think the next ones are in between that. So it's really not that bad in, in, in comparison. Uh, the other night, I almost talked myself into starting One Piece, which um, does not look like it would be my kind of show. But everyone who's ever gotten into it says it's amazing. Um, I I looked into it. I don't think I'm going to. It's like well over a thousand episodes. That's crazy. I'm just going to not not. I'm going to miss out on One Piece, guys. I'm sorry if you're a big One Piece fan picking my nose i'm sorry guys um if you're a big one piece fan and you're probably like no you have to it's so good i'm 40 years old guys i'm it's gonna take me forever if i wanted to watch all of that i would definitely in the way i barely finish shows i start anyway i never finished a lot of shows so i never finished spy family or spy x family whatever you call it that show was delightful but i didn't finish it so i don't think i'm gonna stick with one piece but apparently it's got like some of the greatest world building of all time the adventure the character development is all apparently really great um but it's a heavy burden guys it's a heavy burden and i you know it's, i i dare say it might be too much anime for me but i also love uh other stuff i'm probably just gonna watch berserk again is probably what's gonna happen cheers Oh man. Oh. Guys, thank you for coming along with me on this journey. I know it's been a rough ride. I know I've had some bummer episodes. I think they're getting better. I think I'm getting a lot better. I don't know what this is going to do for it. I don't know if seeing my beautiful face is going to bring in those clicks or whether it's going to drive them away, but I think the fact that uh that I'm here and I'm doing it I think that's a big step. I think uh, we're gonna we're gonna grow this channel. We're gonna grow this enterprise. I'm gonna start a media fucking empire, one brick. I mean, literally one brick at a time. It's like very slow process, but I'm gonna build a media empire. I'm gonna take over. I'm not taking over anything. What am I talking about? I'm building, building my vision, guys. I'm building crystal tower that I will sit atop of and I'll look down at everyone and I'll shower everyone with butterscotch candies because I'm old and that's what old people do <sighs> I don't know guys um, let me think of something else to talk about real quick let's look at the news I don't I, I didn't prepare I thought that the I th- honestly thought the Chris Rock thing would go a lot longer um but let's see here. Let's pull up some news stories that I can just rant about. Here we go. This is a good one. Futurism.com reports Gen Z is apparently baffled by basic technology. Sadly, neither watching TikTok videos nor playing Minecraft fulfills technology brief. All right. Now, I like I said, I am a millennial, so... I'm not affected by the Gen Z shit, but, uh, you know, let's see here. Now, I talk to a lot of boomers all day at my job, and they don't understand technology either. So is it up to millennials? <laughs> is it up to us? Maybe uh, Gen Xers, I think, probably are pretty good with it, too, for the, to some degree. Some Gen Xers are scary. And I've talked to some younger people who are kind of dumb. Um, I hate to break it to you guys, and I'm going to say this. I don't know what age range you're in or what... Um, you know, what my actual demographics or analytics look like, but, um, I hate to break it to you guys. Computers are now like a requirement to, to understand even a little bit for pretty much any job you're going to do. I mean, like, even if you're working fast food, the kiosk is still a computer, you know, I mean, you got to kind of have some basic degree of it. I mean, it's a touch screen, but so is your phone. So you know how to use your phone. If you, I mean, and most people do know how to use a phone and that's fine. That's going to be like, how we interface with things to a large degree is like touch screens and that, that sort of, you know, swiping and all that 
who, you know, rigmarole, that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, I mean, at least understanding how a phone works. And I, I'm not saying like learn how to code apps or learn how to like get in and mess with like, you know, advanced developer settings or anything like that, but just have a basic understanding of how to get around on your phone, what the apps do, how to find apps, how to download apps, how to, you know, how to open them, how to, how to use the apps, like learn all of that sort of stuff. Um, because it is important. You're going to, you, it is going to be on the test. And so that's, uh, that's all I got to say. So let's get back into this. Um, says members of Gen Z are entering the workforce with certain types of technological know-how from navigating the depths of the internet, using apps to editing photos on their smartphones, blah, 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 blah. Uh, but when it comes to using a scanner or a printer or even a file system on a computer, things become a lot more challenging to a generation that has spent much of their lives online, the Guardian reports. Uh, counter a counterintuitive result of workplaces still relying on technologies that were around long before they were born. Well, I'll tell you what else. I mean, like the cost of doing business is, um, you know, staying up to date on things. If you're going to, if you're in a bit, if you were, if you're a large company and you're still relying on like old tech, you got to get with the program to the same way that I'm, I'm scolding people to learn computers. You gotta, you gotta grow too. You gotta have, you know, I mean, like nowadays to install a printer, it's the easiest thing in the world. I can do it on my phone. I can print to my neighbor's printer from my phone because they gave me their Wi-Fi password and it's simple. All I did was go in and look for it. My phone found it. I added it and I printed. They said it was cool. I didn't just do it. Although that would be funny to just print like I'm going to kill you just randomly. And they just get that printed out and they see it and they're like, oh, shit. And then they know it would be me and they come and shoot me. Um, anyway, uh, there's a myth that kids were born and I'm sorry, I keep stopping the fucking futurism.com sure does love to throw fucking ads at me. Um, there's a myth that kids were born into an information age and that this all comes intuitively to them. Sarah Dexter, an associate professor of education at the university of Virginia told the newspaper. I wonder if Sarah Dexter has a laboratory at this here school she runs. She doesn't run the school. She's just an associate professor of education, but it'd be funny if she had a lab. That would be Dexter's lab. <laughs> that's why I do the comedy folks. That's what the, that's why they pay me the big bucks. Um, but that is not realistic. How would they know how, how to scan something if they've never been taught how to do it? That is fair. Scanners are not the most intuitive. Uh, pieces of equipment you you it does take a little bit of like i don't know i mean you gotta you gotta know where to put the paper because if you put it on wrong it'll scan out all wrong um but they're not like the easiest printers i think can be some of them are more complicated than others but like you know generally speaking most printers aren't that bad but scanners can be a little rough i'm so i, I sympathize with our uh our gen z friends our zoomers uh on the scanner stuff. For instance, 25 year old New Yorker Garrett Bemiller admitted to the guardian that he was stumped by a photocopy machine at his office. It kept coming out as a blank page. And it took me a couple times to realize that I had placed the paper upside down in the machine for it to work. He said, now guys, now that, I mean, this is the fault of kids for being, you know, not respecting their elders. Like when I was a kid, you know what I did? I watched all kinds of movies and listened to all kinds of music that was made for generations before mine. Because, you know, when you only had TV, you had very limited options. So when you ran out of all the new stuff, you went back and you watched and you listened to the old stuff. But now kids these days, these fucking Zoomers are so spoiled with their flood of content that they don't listen or or watch old people's stuff unless it's like in an ironic way, you know, like the way like goth chicks are getting into Deftones now, which is totally rad. If any goth chicks out there want to hang out and listen to the Deftones, I've been rocking white pony lately. I feel you, baby doll. Uh, I probably shouldn't call you baby doll. I take that back, but unless you like it, unless you're, unless you're baby and I'm daddy, I'm not, we're not doing that. That's not, that's not happening. Um, anyway. Yeah. So if they, if these zoomers, had fucking watched older movies, they'd know that if you sit on the the the, the 
photocopier and it'll scan your buttocks and that'll print out and you see the little light shining up from the bottom and it becomes obvious that you put the paper face down. I don't know, man. I, I blame mumble wrap. I think that mumble wrap and face tattoos ruined it. Maybe TikTok, probably TikTok, but I don't know. Um, Educators have already found that the latest generation of students is struggling with wrapping their minds around the concept of file folders and directories. Good Lord, people. That's that exists on your phone. You know that, right? You have file folders and directories on your phone. When you download a picture, it goes into a folder. And a lot of times to find some of this stuff, like if I download a PDF file, I have to go find it usually to open it. If I want to look at it later. Um, so yeah, that that's weird that that's, hard for people. It's very hard for old people. I'll tell you that much. They do not get it. <laughs> they do not understand that it's just a chain of different directories that one is in the other and one's in the other and one's in the other. But anyway, even astrophysics students had a hard time with the concept as the verge reported back in 2021. Well, astrophysics students are probably highly focused on that particular subject the way i have spoken of doctors before and how stupid they are when it comes to anything other than doctoring i'm sure the same is true for any type of field that requires a hyper focus on its thing so i imagine astrophysics physics students and astrophysicists are probably pretty stupid about a lot of things that don't involve astrophysics i bet a lot of them probably can't even tie their fucking shoes that's what us stupid people get good at is all the little shit you know what sometimes it pays to be a jack of all trades and a master of none sure i'll never make as much money as an astrophysicist unless i become a famous uh, Unless I become a famous comedian, and then who's laughing now? You are, because I'm fucking funny. All right. That wasn't funny. I'm sorry. I, I feel bad for saying that. I shouldn't be mean to astrophysicists. We do need them if we're ever going to escape this burning rock. So I take it back. I'm sorry. Um, after all, why dig around for a while when you can just use your computer search functions? A quick Google search can easily get you the answer you were looking for in a fraction of a second. That is a good point, and I do that at my job all the time as well. That's not going to get me in trouble. That's actually one of the things that got me hired. It's the fact that I'm smart enough to know to do that when I don't know the answer to a question. It's become such a commonplace discussion these days that tech company HP went as far as to give the phenomenon a name. Tech shame. Ooh. Don't tech shame me now. I do. I tech shame all the fucking time. That's literally what I do in between every call. <laughs> I get it where it is. Go, this fucking idiot doesn't know how to fucking print a document. Anyway, HP found that young people are 10 times more likely to feel tech shame as compared to older colleagues, according to a November survey, the result of a basic misjudgment. I think that's bullshit. I talk to people all day long, and old people be struggling, y'all. Uh, young people, by when I hear a young person on the phone, I'm usually a lot more relieved because. They may not know how to do something, but they're going to be more equipped to understand the directions that I'm giving them. Whereas an old person is going to explain things to me in the most broken way. Here's, a, here's what old people do. Let me explain this to you guys, just so you're, we're clear. This is why fucking helping old people do anything is the hardest fucking thing in the world. Old people don't like to call anything what it actually is. They make up their own name for every little thing on the computer, and that's what they call it, and that's what it is. And when they need help with it, they use their words. They don't use the word, like, think about this, all right? When you look, you've seen a computer desktop. You've seen a Windows desktop. I don't know if, I think Apple's maybe a little different, but on a Windows desktop, you've got all your little icons there for the different programs that you want easy access to. Underneath the icon is the name of the fucking program <laughs> and people will still call it something else. And then there's, they'll call me and say, my so-and-so isn't working. And I go, what is a so-and-so? You know, it's the thing where I do the thing. And I go, I don't know anything about what you're talking about. And they're like, can you remote in and see? I'm like, I guess. And I'll remote in and, Oh, they're just talking about Google Chrome or some shit. And I'm like, why didn't you just call it Google Chrome? I would have known. I mean, I'll say that. It's like, yeah, oh, yeah. I would have known if you had said that, What it, you know, what it fucking says. That's what old people do. So I, I'm really like kind of, I don't like this article because I think this article is ageist 
And I think it's wrong. I think that young people are the future. And I think they're going to, who need, like I said, who needs to know all this complicated shit when you can just Google it. But also if they were so smart, they would have Googled how to use the fucking printer and the copy machine. Cause that's on there too. I know this because it's what I do for a fucking living. Anyway. The assumption is that because Gen Z and even millennials spend a considerable amount of time on technology that they are technology savvy. It's technologically savvy. You fucking, who wrote this? Uh, Debbie Irish, HP, is head of UK and Ireland Human Resources. Man, that's crazy having a last name Irish in Ireland. That's like, my name was Ian Tennessee. No, that'd be stupid. That would be dumb. Um, Anyway, head of UK and Ireland Human Resources told Work Life last year, this is a huge misconception. Sadly, neither watching TikTok videos, I called it, nor playing Minecraft fulfills the technology brief. There's plenty of evidence that uh, Gen Zers, they spelled it weird, it looks like Gen Zers, but Gen Zers don't feel adequately prepared for office life. Last year, a LaSalle Network survey found recent graduates simply didn't possess the technical skills to successfully enter the workforce. Well, no shit. <laughs> like, we, I mean, no one does. That's a big problem we have. I didn't, but you know what? I'm smart. I figured it out. So uh, maybe you could too. Uh, I'm not saying that. Uh, then there's social media, which has a set high bar for, oh, wait. Then there's social media, which has set a high bar for accessibility. It takes five seconds to learn how to use TikTok. Content creator Max Simon, who makes TikTok videos about corporate life, told The Guardian, you don't need an instruction book like you would with a printer. Well, maybe we should make new printers that work like TikTok. You do a little dance and you get your your document printed off. I don't fucking know. Swipe. Use swipe technology. Use a touchscreen. I know printers have touchscreens now, but use make them easier. Like they overcomplicate these things. What they do, and this is what the reason that computers we know how to make simple computers. We do. That's what these phones are. We know how to make simple anything, but we like to make things more complicated. So that way, you need to either have it serviced or buy a new one when it breaks down. Cause if it's too easy to fix, everyone will just fix their own and that cuts out of sales. So, uh, and, and also like you want it to be somewhat complicated. So then not anyone can just copy your thing. They, you know, you need to have some knowledge about the deeper workings of it. Um, and so they always make these interfaces that are really hard to, um, hard to wrap your head around and they use different terminology and then they'll release a new model two years later that, changes the terminology again and it's you know i feel for these kids man i do i I really do um content is so easy to access now that when you throw someone a simple curveball they'll swing and they miss he added and that's why gen z can't schedule a meeting listen no one can fucking schedule a meeting that's also what i do in my job as i a lot of calls like how do i schedule a meeting and so i have to show you click here and then you click here and then what what we do what what every company i've ever worked for does is they'll have a system a meeting program that they use and then once we finally stop getting calls about it and everyone seems to have it figured out like maybe after two years after adoption uh, we're going to upgrade to this other one and use this other program that works completely differently (laughs) just to make sure and i think they do this so that the higher ups always have, they always have to implement new software and new project rollouts to justify their own existence, uh, to maintain the fact that they keep a job. Although I guess they're also, uh, keeping my job because if my calls slowed to nothing all day, then they'd be like, why the fuck are we paying you for? So that's a thing. Um, Let's see. But for tech-savvy Gen Zers, the situation is quite different. They're still far more adaptable than their older colleagues and will frequently be tapped for help themselves. That kind of trial and error and Google-assisted problem-solving has long gone over the heads of the older generations 
which will only deepen the divide. That's what I've been saying. Uh, besides, why are we still using scanners and printers in the year 2023? Perhaps employers should finally get with the times and say goodbye to that ancient tech. That's also what I've been saying. So I changed my opinion of that article. I think the overall thing that they're saying at the end is true, but I think that that is such a weird and unique take that I, I don't see. Maybe my experience is anecdotal, but I've worked for a couple companies now and I can tell you the difference between having to troubleshoot with a young person and having to troubleshoot with an old person. Help me, laddie. I, I don't know nothing about no computers, even though that's my whole job all day, every day to use a computer. I put on my resume that I knew how to use one because I needed the job, but, well, I don't know how to use the computer, so would you mind showing me how to do my job, whippersnapper? Would you mind showing me what the, what the computer, that's the screen is the computer, right? The screen. When you told me to restart the computer, I turned the screen on and off because that's what I'm looking at. The, everything there, that's the computer, the little box underneath that's just a a noisy box it does nothing i don't know <sighs> anyway folks thanks for listening to the episode i gotta get out of here we're running out of time um once again you can uh find everything that i've ever done um oh i i know something i can i can maybe talk about a little bit uh before i get out of here because it's real quick, real short. I don't have a lot to say, but um, one of my old bands is talking about doing another show at the end of summer. So that's something that you can think about. Maybe come to. Anyway, that's not one of our songs, so don't don't worry about that. Um, but yeah, you can find out about the bands I've been in at iansharpcomedy.com. I know that sounds counterintuitive, but I'm just putting everything there. That's the one domain I have, and I'm going to use it. You can also find stand-up clips. You can find when tickets to my shows go on sale or um, information about events go on sale. You can find that there. Um, you can find everything there. You can also find ways to support me directly. I've got links to merch. I've got links to my Patreon, which is really really what's going to make or break this whole endeavor. So if you like the show, if you found it entertaining, maybe go throw me a buck. You know, it'll come out at the first of every month. You won't even notice it. It'll be free money for me. Well, not free because that's what I'm doing this for, but it'll be, you know, easy money for me. It'll help me grow this into an even better show. I'll get better lights, better recording equipment, more cameras for more guests right now. I'm probably going to have to do this show solo for a while. So more of this kind of shit, but I think it is getting better. I've got some ideas I might start implementing to mix things up and, uh, you know, maybe some segments. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Um, but the, the, the quickest way to help make that happen is to support on Patreon. So please go check out patreon.com slash boomer memes. Um, final plug for shows, March 29th at Jack Brown's. I'm doing heavy metal bingo. That's going to be a great time. Come check it out. And if you want to see me perform stand up, um, you can, of course, I'm going to be hitting the mics hard for the next two months. Uh, so any of the local open mics in town, um, you're please come out to those. Those are during the week. People complain. They say, why do you always do comedy during the week? It's because no one wants to do open mic comedy on a busy night. They want it to be as a slow night to bring people in. It's like karaoke. Karaoke is usually during the week. So anyway, go to uh, go to all the open mics. It's uh, Barley on Wednesdays um, in Cleveland at Las Margaritas on Tuesdays. I know I said that out of order, but Tuesdays, Cleveland, Las Margaritas. Um, Wednesdays, Barley. Thursdays, JJ's. Fridays, every other Friday, it's either at Stone Cup or Sluggos, depending on which Friday. So you can look on Instagram or the internet and find out which is which and keep up with it that way. Go check those out. Oh, and Sundays at the, bo at the boat. Yeah, there's a Sunday mic now at the boat. So go check that out. I'll be at probably all of these for the next few months for a while. So um, great place to to catch my comedy if you can get out during the week. But if you can't, May 6th at the Dark Roast, guys. It's going to be awesome. Uh, I'll have more information about that soon. But that's what I've got on the calendar right now. 
Thank you guys so much for listening. This has been a wild episode uh, full of rants and raves. I'm getting very thirsty, and I hope you have a lovely week. Thank you.